When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan and Dennis Dick on today's show. Market a little bit undecided about what it wants to do right now. We've got some positive news overnight from Novavax, uh, and uh, the White House is talking up reopening the economy in small doses, uh, and yet there is some weakness in China, another potential financial fraud, and that's causing some weakness in smaller Chinese stocks this morning. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Pinterest here. We'll talk about FedEx and UPS up on an Amazon Headline, our guest today, Paul LaMonica, digital correspondent at CNN Business. He would join us at 8.15 in just about 13 minutes from now. Uh, Joel, tell us what's happened here in the overnight session. Uh, quite overnight range here, only 60 handles, folks. Uh, we closed, you had a follow-through a little bit overnight a few times, and they really tried to bust it through Tuesday's low, 26, 23.50, but they could only do better than 26, 20.75. So even though that was a bad close yesterday, we do have a double bottom underneath. 26.80.50 is your pre-market high if you're looking for a continuation. Uh, like to see us work our way into the 27, 2700 handle. Don't know if we can get to yesterday's high at 2750, but uh, a close above 2700, I think, would be a win for the Bulls today. Crude up 69 cents at 2432. Uh, that kind of had those gains after, you know, in the after hours yesterday. Uh, double bottom and crude at the 2350 area. So, you crude traders, keep an eye on that. Gold in the red by three bucks. Uh, took out yesterday's low, but back above it. Quiet range in gold. Silver down 17 cents, but still above 15 bucks at uh, 15.31. And Bitcoin just not as volatile as it used to be. It's up 45 dollars at 7,375. Those are the Bitcoin futures. So triple D. How is that wow. close? How is that close? Interesting. And again, we keep seeing the same thing, you know, people on, you know, CNBC, if they're asking, you know, and you see people, oh, what was it, that 350 move? We've been telling you, watch pre-market prep. We've been telling you what the 350 move is. It is the closing imbalances. We had Jonathan Corpina on the show yesterday. 
he was saying the same thing that I've been saying, you know, there's no early luck. So that new information comes out. And if it's a lot Dennis, of selling balances, early luck. Okay. So Jonathan was talking about this yesterday. So how the imbalances work, these are the closing imbalances. So what a closing imbalance is it's, inst- it's mostly a lot of institutional flow. They're sending what's called market on close orders or limit on close orders. So they want to be executed on the closing print. That the, the, the total. So if I send a market on close order in FedEx for a thousand shares, just a hypothetical example, there's no other orders at 350, it would post my minus 1000 shares would be the selling because there's a selling balance. There's somebody to sell the stock on the close. So that's, you know, just, um, you know, the, the, the quick, you know, of, of how it works. So you have a lot of institutions that send 50,000 shares to sell on the close, 50,000 to buy on the close. You know, they're just jockeying, they're, you know, updating their portfolios. A lot of institutions like to trade on the closing print. So typically, that, those orders start coming into the system earlier, and um, the designated market maker on the floor, when they're there, starts, you know, bringing those into the system as early as 2 o'clock, and the DMM can see that, and the floor brokers can see those orders ahead of time. So they get a feel for where they are, you know, and they're like, okay, well, we've got a big buyer, you know, they can say, hey, I'm going to have a big buyer in UPS here at the close. Do you want to provide some liquidity to that? You know, at like 3.30, you know, they can feel it out and say, look, we got some huge buyers here. We're going to need some sellers. So, they're, you know, it's like manually done, like, you know, and, and it's obviously some automation involved as well. But there's a feel out there. And Jonathan was saying the same thing. So that everybody has that. You can actually subscribe to the early look, too. So it's not just like it's floor broker information, but it's done by human beings on the floor. Without the floor, all those closing and balance information, there's no early look. So nobody has any idea at 3 o'clock where they are, any idea at 3.30. At 3.50, it comes out. It's all new information to everyone right now. So 10 minutes is just simply not enough time for the floor to, uh, or for the, for the market to adjust if there's a huge sell imbalance or a huge buy imbalance. The market's scrambling to adjust to those prices. High-frequency traders are all over the 350 numbers because they're going to slam whatever bids are there because they obviously, this, you know, this, the stock's got a huge selling bounce, probably going down the close. So I'm going to hit the bid initially. That's why right on 350, you see the high-frequency traders slam them either way, depending on what that number is, because they're going to price in that new information. But if we look yesterday, a lot of selling balances on the close, closing selling balances. So stock, you know, the, the stocks are trading around 269 SPY. Within seconds, we're down to 267. Then we continue to fall all the way into the close. And if you look like, wow, you know, like what happened? Well, it was the sell imbalances that happened. And there's simply just not enough time. If they're too big, there's not enough time for everyone to really pair off at a good price. And we watched the S&Ps fall for over 40 handles just because it was sell imbalances. And it wasn't even like they were huge. They were big, but we've seen way bigger. In a normal market, it would have been a non-event. But in these markets, first, volatility is up. There's less liquidity out there. Secondly, though, there's just not the floor brokers there to take the other side, to cushion the blow. So it's tricky. I mean, yes, you know, they, they can trade electronically. Yes, you know, I'm sure some of this stuff can be done, but I'm sure it takes time for them to develop systems for that as well. So there's a lot of, you know, a speculation on my part on exactly what's happening here. But what is not speculation is that these 350 imbalances are significantly moving the price, which they don't normally do. So at, at just, I, I've got a one minute chart up here. At, two, at 350, we were at 269 in SPY, 269. Yes. Uh, nine, two, I'm sorry, 266. And no, no, uh, no, 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 two, no I, I was right. I was right. Yeah. Yep. And then all the way down at the close, we closed at what, 265? 265. So, we lost about yeah, 40 so. handles on the S&P if you're talking S&P futures. We lost about 40 handles on the close. It's an impressive sell-off. 
<laughs> like, and it's a coin flip too. I mean, it is know, right now because nobody has is. an early look. Yep, yep, yep. It is, and uh, you know, I kind of felt it yesterday that it might be sell because you know we had a couple big up days, and then you know, and then we had a nice up day, but then we gave some of it back. So I've been able to catch it a couple times. I was not able to catch it yesterday, but it's like. You're going to lose, you know, if you, I mean, I'm sure you're going to get roasted on a stop in, uh, in, um, you know, the S and P's if you do that. And you usually can get, you know, within a tick or two, or I don't even think I've had a stop worse than two or three ticks during this whole thing. But I bet you something on like that, you can't use a stop limit because you want to be out. And um, so we'll see. But uh, the thing that also Dennis, that you talked about was, you know, a lot of the people that absorbed the buys, it was hard to hedge because we continued to go down. So you couldn't get, you know, delta yeah. neutral because yeah. of, yeah, the market keep it going down. But well, uh, well there's follow through on them sometimes, you know, on a normal day, when you see the market fall 40 points on just selling balances, you know, you're going to get a bounce after the close. You know, a lot of these stocks, it was just, you know, order flow. This wasn't fundamental information. It's order flow information. Usually they bounce back. That did not happen last night. It's bouncing back this morning. But right after the bell, we went, we dropped 40 handles. Then we dropped another 15. So people who are buying the clothes, I bought some stocks in the clothes, are all of a sudden scrambling for hedges, scrambling to try to, you know, get yourself hedged up. Because, you know, it's, if you hit SPY right at, at, at 4 o'clock, you've been fine. But, you know, I, I do a little bit of an, anticipating. You know, I think we're going to bounce off it too because all these stocks close on low. So I buy some stocks in the clothes and boom, they keep going lower. And you're like, whoa. You know, I got to do some quick scrambling and some adjusting there. So, I mean, there's so many, you know, and, and obviously the, the markets are, you know, try to price in all information as quickly as possible. But in the case of the imbalances here, the moves, like Jonathan was saying yesterday, and Jonathan Corpino, obviously a floor trader, and he was saying yesterday, is that um, the moves, you know, once you see that 350 direction, it, it, if it's their buys or sells, it seems to continue to go that way for the full 10 minutes. So, I mean, I guess there's trades in there for you day traders out there. And obviously, you know, we saw some significant moves after 350. But, you know, the initial move had to be 20 handles down in the first, like, second because the high-frequency traders are so fast. But then, you know, it's like adjusting and other traders are coming in there and trying to trade them as well. And, you know, for the most part, those orders have, you know, had a lot of follow-through. So it's just that the, the dynamics Marcus, are a little bit different because we don't have the floor brokers. Yeah. And we don't know when we're going to uh, get our floor brokers back. Um, also, I mean, th this has been an argument by me, you know, and before and saying, you know, the floor is just a CNBC TV studio and we don't really need the floor. You know, I, you know, I haven't said it in those words, but, you know, I, I've said, you know, most of it's done electronically and, you know, the floor brokers don't do nearly as much as, you know, before, but I tell you on the close, it's proven me wrong. I mean, you know, these guys actually do cushion these, you know, dampen that volatility at the close. Um, the early looks help. So uh, I, don't I don't know. know. For I years, I've been saying, man, if I had a piece like that to do on the close or like if I was an institution, I know they can't change it. Man, I'd be working that thing. I'd be working the thing. It it starting at quarter to four. If I had a hundred thousand to go in something, I'd do twenty and I'd do fifty. I I just wouldn't, you know. But they were, you know, they need the mark and they're not going to change Some their systems. Some of them systems need the mark. Yeah. And yes, a, a lot of them have executed on the close for years in that way. And the liquidity has always been there. And, you know, obviously, you know, institutional flow is what really drives price. People think everything's driven, 
you know, by bots. And it is to a certain extent, but it's usually the algorithmic institutional bots, you know, using different types of orders. Um, it, it, it's, it's tricky. Cre traders are creatures of habit. So they're not going to change all their habits in three weeks because we're in a different market too. But all we can say is if you're in stocks and you don't want a violent move, get the hell out before 350. Because right now, the moves after 350 have been very violent. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Dennis, you get them on your ready platform, uh, the imbalances. You can get them We're, on IB too. IB? Okay. Yeah, IB has them. Yeah, what what about, um, what's that one service? Is it Rosenthal that you mentioned? Rosenblatt. That, Rosenblatt has the early look, but I don't know if they're even operating that right now because they got no floor broker to give you the early look. So like I said, that early look, don't think it's, you know, like hidden. You can get that as, you know, regular traders too. Right now there is no early look though. Because there's no floor brokers to give you that information. So, but Rosenblatt has a service that they give the, you know, that they provide that to. It sounds dirty when you say an early luck. The reason for the early luck, though, which is public information still because you can subscribe to it, the reason for the early luck is so you don't get these violent moves at 350. So, it's that early luck that, you know, the market is missing here right now. Because when you have an, when you have two hours to digest this information, you can slowly, you know, work orders and you know you can figure it out a little bit better you know like i said you know we got a huge piece to go on the close dmm can talk about that dmm can feel out you know to find liquidity providers but in this case i'm, I'm getting felt on lost like um, spencer so I, I lose my train of thought when he's talking about felt 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 uh, yeah, spencer, yeah, Joel, spencer what's, what's your new sign for today uh right above my head here right next to short my diet uh moses worked remotely so <laughs> Uh, I'll have an. I'll have one for Easter. I haven't quite figured out what the Easter sign is going to be yet. But why did Moses work remotely? Um, because he was trying to get to Israel, but the entire time he worked in the desert and elsewhere. So, you know, uh, I work remotely. It was a source of inspiration for me. If he could do it, I could do it. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I haven't quite figured, decided what the sign will be for Easter yet. But I've got a few more days to figure that out. I'll try to get a bunny drawn if I can. I'm not, All right, I'm not. Uh, 814, uh, should yeah. we cover one stock before we bring on Paul yeah. and Monica? Yes, let's cover Pinterest here. Okay. Uh, near the top of my movers uh, this morning, they gave some prelim guidance out, and it was good. They had a, some good things to say. Uh, they expect revenue for Q1 to be in the range of 269 to $272 million. That was above uh, both the, uh, the the estimate and a revised estimate that accounts for uh, coronavirus. So it was above both estimates there. They also said they are the end of the first quarter with $1.7 billion in cash and cash oh, equivalents, no financial debt, and a $500 million uh, revolving credit facility that was undrawn. So no debt, some cash, and good uh, uh, earnings or good revenue for the first quarter. So they gave some, they had good, some good things to say. It got hit again. If you're quick on these initial numbers, and that's why I'm telling you going into this earnings season, if you're quick, there's going to be some buy the dip opportunities there. And Pinterest actually went down a buck on this initially, it got down to the four, low 14s. You'll see it was really fast, but a minute later it was back to scratch and then it started ripping higher. But we've seen this happen a few times with some stocks now. So I think that's a point here where there is a trade here to be had. And you know what? Um, the buy the dip mentality is a little bit back here in this market right now. I know, you know, we've been away from buy the dip, you know, it's been sell the rip, but buy the dip has been working a little bit the whole time too. Um, I think, you know, after the two day rally that we had, 
just like I said, and now we get a significant sell-off. You got people this morning even here saying, oh, this is my opportunity, I'm gonna get in. I'm not sure if they're gonna be right or not, but there's some opportunities to be trading out of these, you know, uh, on these buy the dip opportunities again. So buy the dip, sell the rip continues to work. If you're buying that dip on Pinterest last night, immediately rewarded, not even like 10 minutes later. Uh, area of interest for me, pre-market high or the after hours high was 1734. I see a daily high at 1748. So to me, get up there, take out 1750, and then you got some open area there. Uh, a gap up to 1782, but very, very important for it to uh, get out and take out that pre-market high at 1734. All right, let's keep going uh, until we can grab Paul here, and let's move on to uh, what was the lead story for us on the pre pre-market show, which was TAL and just the weakness in some of these Chinese names oh, here this yeah, morning. TAL Education, uh, they came out yesterday after the close and let me pull the chart up here first. And they said that uh, they discovered uh, some employee wrongdoing in their internal auditing process that accounts for three to 4% of the company's total estimated sales. And so you've got Luck and Coffee from a couple of days ago, yeah. which never even opened yesterday. Yeah. And now you have TAL. Still. Yep, and TAL after the close yesterday. So, and then you had Muddy Waters accusing of IQ, which IQ got hammered right. on that. It did bounce back at the end of the day, but it's getting hit here again. Full disclosure: I do have a trading position IQ. Um, looking just a trading, just no right position. So, but I'm not going to talk about the. That, I'm just selecting okay. all three of those: LK, IQ, and you know TAL. So basically, the, the two confirmed so far, you know, at least at this point in time, is TAL and um, TL and those stocks are hard to coffee. own. I mean, how do you own those things? Especially, well, that's the question. Yeah. I think, and if you're looking this morning, it's kind of a sell China thing here this morning. There's some institutional money managers after TAL last night. They're saying, okay, we don't know if the, if there's multiple companies cooking the books over here or what's happening, but you know, and we're not saying you know TAL is being investigated here too. Luckin Coffee is being investigated. We don't know all the details here yet. We just know that they might have been inflating revenues, both of these companies, maybe LK to an extreme level, it sounds like. So you start thinking, okay, well, what can I trust in China? The market's saying guilty until proven innocent. If you look this morning, FXI, we're up 1%. FXI is down 0.63%. So there's 1.5% difference there. Alibaba is getting hit here just slightly, but last night it was down eight bucks. So people were like hitting first and asking questions later. They're starting to you know, come back some of these stocks, but you go across the board and the Chinese ADRs are all down. BIDU down significantly, PDD down significantly, JD.com down fairly significantly. I mean, on a day that you're up, all these stocks are trading down. I don't think it's a coincidence that TAL um, may have been the catalyst here. Um, after Luck and Coffee, okay, well, one stock, okay. Now you get a second Chinese company that sounds like they're inflating revenue. Now there's worries by the markets that there may be multiple companies that could potentially be inflating revenue. Well, this TAL really been holding up pretty well. Uh, all things considered, right? Uh, getting hit today, they bought it right back up. I don't think the street is cons is concerned about this one. Got down to thirty nine, even. And now Last night, yeah. On TAL, we got to thirty nine. TAL, yeah. Because we're at fifty right now, so we've come back ten bucks from those lows. Yeah. Where's the chart, Spencer? I can't see the after hours chart. You'll bring uh, it up. One second. Because yeah, when you get moves like this, you know, as numbers, the chart tells the whole story. Holy cow. So did they say something? Maybe they're saying it's not true. 
Like a, a bounce back like that makes you think that, you know, that they're they saying responded. something here. Yeah. I don't know. I did. I wasn't. This is uh, just an employee. So last night. So so give us the headline here, Spencer. I mean, you know, let, let, let's talk the actual headline here. Yeah, the actual headline was they they came out. So this this is self-reported. They came out. Tal and said, is saying this themselves. Yep. So okay, which is good news. This isn't like you know some companies under investigation. It's like they're no, they're they're saying this themselves. So the uh, the segment in which the, the segment that was affected by this employee's uh, auditing wrongdoing, th that segment accounts for three to four of their total estimated sales three to four percent of their total okay. estimated sales so not a huge segment of the business would that this employee's auditing may have screwed up why did they ever hammer it last night though down to 39 bucks i saw it in the 40s i did not know it traded and down to 39 so obviously you know investors coming in here you're talking about a stock to put this in perspective that you know basically in the in, in year 2020 you know the lowest we've been here is 43. So we went from almost our high of the year to way below the low of the year after hours. So obviously market very scared that, Hey, you know, that we don't want to see any, you know, wrongdoings or potentially inflating sales, but it sounds like it's just an employee. So maybe it's not that big of a deal. You know, I don't know, but I can, all I can tell you is last night and maybe the TAL bounce back is why some of the Chinese stocks have bounced back to this morning, but there are still a lot of them that are significantly down. So people, investors are a little bit spooked about China right now. Yeah, bounce right back up. It's just uh, I'm looking at here at this 5150 area. You got a gap up to yesterday's low. Uh, whoever scooped that up, perhaps uh, all the way under, you know, to down to 39. Really quiet consolidation here, uh, right at the 51 dollar area. So you bust above 51, maybe you get a chance to get into uh, yesterday's range. The top of yesterday's range is, or the bottom is 54.72. All right, so I, I think I think that I gave Paul the, the wrong number to call in. So uh, we do we have Paul now. Joining us. Uh, not yet, but he's joining us. I think in a, in a few. But I, I may have given him the wrong number. So my mistake here. So all right, so TAL week, and like Dennis said, a lot of these names, I, the confidence is shaken now, right? And the Chinese uh, names, yeah, yeah, I believe it is. And and not not like not Alibaba, right? I mean, well, I mean Alibaba's down this morning too, but. Uh, even the smaller names, like I, I would look at uh, H-U-Y-A. Uh, I would say I, Baba I, I, got, Baba's back, but they were hammering Baba last night too. Bring up Alibaba. I own it in my long-term portfolio. I've also got on for a trade as well. So, you know, I'm not going to talk technically about it, but I'll just tell you what it did. I mean, it got down to what? We got down to almost 190 last night. Where do we get down to, Joel? What's yeah, that low? Let me pull it up. Let me pull it up 91? Uh, no, like the, we got the initial spike took it to 190 in a queue. And then, uh, and then when you came back, and it looks like it gave you a couple of shots under ninety. You had a legitimate shot to get this under one ninety one, uh, for you know at eighteen hundred to eighteen forty five. So, uh, what is that? Eight um, six to six forty five. You had a had a good shot to get that under one ninety one. I, I would look at H U Y A. I would look at B I L I. Cena, S I N A, Weibo, yeah. W B. I would look at all of them this morning. I was thinking of diversifying into some of these stocks, and I've been looking at them for a long time. But you know, now turns you off. Could, yeah, that was Dude, just kinda, all right. Yeah. Look, two, a week ago on this show, I, I recommend. I said I was interested in, in K Web, K W E B, which is the Chinese uh, internet ETF that owns yeah. like, all of these names. So if you're gonna do it, that's how I'm. That's how I would play it. I wouldn't buy a single one of them. I would just buy the whole basket and see where that gets me. 
Um, That's going to probably be down here today because obviously it's yep. full of a lot of these names that we're talking about that are weaker here. It's awful yep. flat here, but I'd imagine it's going to open a little bit down here. So all we're saying today, day traders out there, China stocks appear to be relatively weak to the overall market. Uh, a couple notes here before we bring Paul on. S&Ps are just creeping up here towards the high of the session, 2680.50. We've just creeped up to uh, 2674. That's up 32 handles. I just want to also point out crude has been a, uh, a fade here. And keep an eye on 23.50, folks. You've got a pair of lows in crude at 23.52 and from last Friday, 23.54 from yesterday. That is the area you got to keep an eye on if you're trading the crude oil futures. And do you know that those are, uh, in some houses, they're double margin now on the crude oil futures, Dennis? Not double margin. Because I mean, it, with the volatility in there, obviously, you know, they don't want people blowing up their accounts. So some of that's understandable. You know what? The other it, thing, too, just kind of like an overall positive note, um, you know, you did have that one firm, Ronin Capital, uh, that kind of, you know, went belly up during the... Um, uh, during the expiration, but you know, through all the chaos, through all the up and down and everything, uh, you know, you really haven't heard those disaster stories that much as far, you know, with the clearing houses. So considering the volatility that we had on both sides of the market, I consider that a, a very, very good thing for market structure and, you know, just worrying about your money and your brokerage account. All right, we've been talking about uh, how a vaccine would drive this market here. We're getting some good news this morning from Novavax, NVAX. They announced uh, that they've identified a candidate uh, for coronavirus vaccine. They've also accelerated the initiation of their uh, first inhuman trial to mid-May. So we're getting to, to inhuman trials now um, in, in five or six weeks, which is good news. Yeah, we haven't really talked about what's going on much. And I mean, it is bad here in the Motor City. I'll tell you, in Detroit and the Oakland County area, we are getting hit hard. And, uh, you know, we haven't been talking much about that. But, um, you know, Michigan's, and, Michigan's number three, I believe, yeah, on, I out of the states for most cases. Yep. Yep, it's because of the auto companies, you know. They do well, that's a consideration. Blue-collar jobs, a lot of factory work. You think about how quickly it would spread in that environment. So I think you got a point there. Yeah, I think well, I also, think there's a few things. I think there's yeah, also – I think we have a I, – I, I don't know I know if this is true, but it's, this is just what someone told me. We have a very large number of direct-to-China flights because yeah. of our manufacturing. Yep. yep. Well, uh, Detroit, yeah, Detroit's a hub. You think about right. Delta, it goes direct to everywhere. You know, Delta's right. huge. So we're, uh, we're that, the Delta hub. That plus the fact you have a lot of low-income workers um, and uh, a, lot There's a, people, number. a lot of yeah. people here with pre-existing conditions. So, it, no. And uh, can, I, can I do a shameless plug here for my daughter? If uh, my daughter, Emily, um, if you guys want to see some photos of uh, – she went to some testing centers yesterday. She had the full hazmat gear on. But she's been taking uh, pictures of Detroit and testing centers and doctor's offices. She's been covering that for Bloomberg. So you can uh, you can catch that on Getty Images. Emily Alconan, same last name as me. So she's been covering a lot. She's got some amazing – and I think there's going to be some videos on Bloomberg later on today. So shameless plug for my daughter there. I, uh, I want to keep on going here. And yeah. so, someone asked us to talk about Tesla to give us her thoughts. Tesla. We no. haven't looked at it for a while. Let's, yeah, let, no. let's do Tesla, a lot. We don't even talk about Tesla. They, they are slashing their, 
They are <laughs> slashing their employee pay and furloughing all hourly workers until May 4th. It's still a loved stock and it's going to bounce back quicker than even the rest of the market. You can see, you know, if you're just looking, it looks very much like the market. I mean, the chart looks virtually identical charts. We know when you get crazy movement like this in the overall market, stocks become stocks. So they all kind of move together. With that being said, you know, if you look at the Ford and you look at the GM, they're still in the gutter and Tesla's still $550. So, I mean, it's held up fairly well considering, I don't know, the 900 run in January and February was just ridiculous. But, you know, you're back down here where, you know, you've never been able to do valuation on this. It's always been about the growth. So you can't analyze it even from a fundamental basis. But what you can analyze it is from a technical basis. Um, and, you know, you know, it's a storied stock and it's a stock that's still loved. And I would still expect people to be buying the stock on pullbacks. Uh, I'm looking at the bounce here and it doesn't seem like it has the same kind of juice that the market had. I mean, I won't figure it on a percentage basis, but you, eh, I guess 358 and you rallied a couple hundred points. So I guess it's just because it's so accentuated off that high. Um, for, for Tesla and for these auto companies, I mean, I just think it's like, how long does last? Um, I mean, you know, and also, you know, it's more of an expensive car. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to. You know, it is a cold stock and it is go up, but I, I just, I don't see everything just, you know, snap back, going back to normal, people going out and buy expensive Teslas. And I think it's evidence there by them, you know, laying off people. So, you know, the longer this thing well, goes well, on. They're not laying anyone off. They're just, they're furloughing their hourly furloughing. workers and they're, uh, they're doing a salary reduction for everyone else. Uh, let's get our guest thoughts on this. Paul Monica is a digital correspondent at CNN Business. Paul, good morning. Hey, good morning. Sorry to be a couple of minutes late. The joys of working from home and not getting, uh, uh, you know, the conference call to work properly, but I'm here now. Yeah, I think I gave you the wrong number, so my, my apologies. But yeah, also, I mean, you've been doing this, you've been working from home with the rest of your family and your kids now for the last month. So, I mean, how's that going? You, 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 yeah, you have young kids? I think, it, yeah, I do. Uh, it's, it's challenging, I think, for everyone, obviously. I mean, the, the new normal now is that everyone, for the most part, that is in, I think, a, a services sort of industry that can work from home, they are working from home and, uh, you know, really trying to do everything uh, that they can. Uh, you know, the, the big problem, you know, is that obviously, I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, life is uh, extremely challenging right now for, for obvious reasons. And, uh, you know, I think for a lot of people, just you know, managing the work-life balance has become more difficult because you're, you're just home all the time. So we were just talking about Tesla here. Uh, and Joel's, yeah. point, Joel, Joel's point is that he, he's not sure uh, how, how fast consumers can snap back uh, for, and, and, and start buying Teslas again. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that clearly, uh, you know, the one positive for a company like Tesla is that, you know, uh, you know, clearly because of the Model S and Model X being a little bit higher end luxury cars, you may still have consumers that are more affluent uh, being able to still buy those vehicles. But, but Tesla is really trying to go into the mass market with the Model 3, the Model Y, and also, you know, in China as well. And obviously, you know, the, you know Chinese consumers, I think it remains to be seen how quickly they rebound from, uh, you know, the effects of uh, COVID-19 since it began there. And, you know, now uh, you'd have to imagine that, uh, you know, 
people aren't really driving all that much in particular parts of the country here in the U.S. because of various quarantines and shelter-in-place uh, enforcement. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of people that, uh, you know, have a car are, you know, probably going to stick with the one that they have for the foreseeable future. I don't see much demand to upgrade for a pricey, still, you know, even though the, the Model 3 and the Model Y aren't as expensive as the S and X, I mean, it's still, um, you know, not the cheapest car in the world. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, the, the Chinese authorities just reopened uh, the Wuhan, uh, Wuhan, where this whole thing started, just what, yesterday? Uh, or, or I guess Wednesday, so, so today. Yeah, um, it, it is way too premature to figure out what's going to happen right. in, in all of China, let alone Wuhan. Right, right, exactly. But that's how long it, that's how long it took. Uh, it, it took. They've been on lockdown since, what, mid-January? So it's taken, it's taken four months here. Uh, uh, for for the lockdown to even get lifted, and now we're going to see how how they get back to normal, and hopefully that could color how we could get back to normal. That's kind of my point. Yeah, I but. think the the playbook uh, people are hoping is that uh, you know some of the numbers that we've seen coming out of China have been surprisingly strong. Of course, uh, you know I don't think you need to be the most skeptical person in the world to. Uh, you know, have some legitimate questions about the veracity of those numbers. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be happy about the fact that China's economy seems to be rebounding and hoping that that can play out here in the U.S. You know, the, the thing that I find problematic with that argument, this, you, know, you know, not just the whole notion of can you trust the Chinese data, the thing that I'm worried about here in the U.S. is that people may get duped into thinking that the worst is over because you're going to see certain cities that have been hit hard like Seattle and New York that may come out of this a lot sooner than the rest of the country. You know, and that's going to be, I think something that people may feel like, Oh, well, great. The numbers in New York are starting to look better, but you know, you're going to see this, you know, virus spread to other parts of the country just through the natural course of how this has progressed. I'm with you. Yeah. What about, what about places like Georgia? What about places that have really been hit hard yet? The economy, we are the economy in the aggregate. It is all of us. It is not just the big cities in New York and Seattle or even, even Detroit that's now been hit hard. It is, it is everybody. So I'm with you on that. Joel, I think you wanted to yeah. jump in here. Yeah. Yeah. We're on the line with uh, Paul Monica, a digital correspondent for CNN. One of my favorite uh, files on Twitter. Um, help me out here, Paul. I, you know, I, I'm thinking about like the economy and I'm thinking about all segments of the economy and I'm thinking about, you know, the, the television and the entertainment and the networks and just the loss of revenue um, from sporting events and the loss of potential advertising. I mean, there's going to be a ripple effect that, you know, I think to me it's going to be almost, I mean, when are sports coming back online? Are we going to have a football season? I mean, there's just yeah, so there's much here. The question. How, how, help me, like, help me get over that. Help me say, okay, you know, the, you know, the TV business, the broadcasting business, you know, they're still going to have the advertisers, they're still going to have this, and that I shouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think uh... – I think there are people trying to make the argument that we are going to have brutal numbers for at least, you know, the second quarter and third quarter, and that maybe things rebound in the fourth quarter in 2021. And it's such a strong rebound that, 
you know, we, we wind up looking back at this as a very, very particularly brutal time, but that we ultimately get through it. I think that might be a bit of a mistake. I don't think you're just going to see people turn on the spigot necessarily. I think it will be a slow, gradual rebound, much like what happened after the Great Recession. I mean, remember, I mean, you know, it took a long time for the U.S. economy to recover from that financial shock. And even though the good news here is that, you know, hopefully banks can do their part, especially if the SBA, uh, you know, uh, Paycheck Protection Program really, uh, you know, some of the quirks start to end uh, there. Uh, you know, banks are well capitalized now. The financial system is not the problem, which is a good thing. But you have so many struggling small businesses and, and companies in, in industries, uh, you know, the airlines and travel related uh, sectors that are going to be hit so hard. And, you know, we're already talking about how we need yet another round of fiscal stimulus, even though we've, we've already got a couple of uh, you know, packages uh, passed. And of course, you know, the Fed has been doing everything it can from a monetary standpoint. So, so there are so many aspects to this crisis here. There's the health aspect, there's the economic aspect. Let, I just wanted to go down a hypothetical for a second here. Let's pretend that cases are starting to decline or, or, or at least plateau uh, and, and things are looking better from a health standpoint. And now businesses are having to, to uh, entice people, consumers to go back to their lives. I saw Bob Iger said yesterday that they may uh, check uh, temperatures uh, they may require in order to get admission to uh, Disney World or Disneyland. You may have to get your your temperature checked. Uh, Paul, would, would something like that would that make you more more likely to want to go to Disney World after assuming again that cases are going down and things are looking better from a health standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I, I, if trying to make sure I got the question uh, correct, I mean, it sounds like if if companies are going to be more stringent and try and ensure yeah. that uh, you don't wind up having uh, someone who is potentially sick uh, coming into a very public place like an amusement park or a movie theater. I, I'd have to think, you know, and this is just me speaking personally, I'd like to think that most people would uh, be in favor of such practices and not really uh, you know, be upset about it. I mean, just anecdotally, you know, firsthand, I mean, it seems like people are adjusting, at least what I, from what I've seen in New York and our, you know, understanding of the policies. I mean, people are walking around with face masks and not, you know, looking as if that's an odd thing. I think it now it's, you know, it's almost the opposite that if you're not wearing one, people kind of, you know, Quint and you'll know, wonder what's going on there. I and mean, when you go to places like a Walgreens, if you need to go to a drugstore or any other store where they're only letting in a couple of people at a time, no one's really complaining about it. I think most people get the severity of this, especially in areas where there are, you know, many cases and people know people who are sick and see the hospital system under strain. Maybe there are parts of the country that still feel this isn't that big of a deal yet, but uh, yeah. you know, that's, I think, silly to put it mildly yeah yeah and uh you know i, I companies are gonna have to bend over backwards to to try to i think to try to entice consumers to come back and and mm-hmm. spend money so uh th- that'll be something to watch uh for in the coming months assuming again once we get this virus under control paula monica wait is, can uh, i throw one more thing in yeah, there go ahead paul, of course paul. yeah How's it, how's it going with the kids, man? I, I got to ask. You got the, how, how old are the little buzzes there? 
six uh, going on seven in a few months and uh, ten and a half. They are both uh, currently on their uh, tablets, taking a little bit of a break before uh, school starts up. So. Yeah, but your school are you, are you are you homeschooling them or is your no no, no they're doing vir- they're doing virtual school. Okay, how's I mean, it going? My wife is you know it's, it's tough. It's not easy. Okay, I'm probably for the yeah, best. So, so the little one, the little one sitting next to me and is mimicking me right now. So yeah. yeah oh so man, we gotta get you on video next time, man. I gotta I love you. Yeah, right. just, yeah, that's a, right. that's a hard no. Paul, <laughs> Paul, stay stay safe out there. Uh, I, I, I do video for CNN yeah. and CNNI when they ask me because they're my employer and they pay right. me. I'm not suggesting you pay me for these, but <laughs> for these interviews, radio is uh, you know the phone is the best you're gonna get from. Me. <laughs> right. uh, Paul, Especially stay, in this situation. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, stay safe Thank out you. there, Paul. All right, you too, guys. Appreciate it. All right, uh, eight uh, forty here now. Um, yeah, I, I want to get your, your guys' thoughts on that. So uh, let's pretend that cases are going down here. Hypothetically speaking, if you knew if if you knew that everyone who went to Disney World was going to get their temperature checked, would that make you more likely to want to go? It's absolutely ridiculous. The temperature check <laughs> thing is just silliness because if you take an Advil or a Tylenol, your temperature goes down. So if you're going to Disney World, you want to skip that. Okay, well, pop a Tylenol an hour before and your temperature is going to be fine. It's not like you have a temperature no matter what. And you know what? If you have a temperature, you're probably going to take Tylenol because you're probably not feeling well. So the temperature checks that they're putting on everywhere is going to catch like 2% of people that are potentially sick. And if you're really sick, I hope you know the majority of people would just stay home anyways. So it's all just ridiculous. I mean, doing a temperature check coming in is basically doing nothing in my opinion. Um, yeah, we, we know, like, if you don't feel good, you're going to be taking some type of, you know, Tylenol or Advil or something or Motrin, which is going to drive your temperature down to make you feel better. So, and regardless, I would think the majority of people wouldn't probably go to Disney World if they're not feeling well. So I wouldn't think it's like, oh, I got COVID, right. but I'm still going to go to Disney World. I mean, well, the cra- most the people are good was- people. So it's, right. a, it's a waste of time checking temperatures, in my opinion. Uh, okay, I see but it at the, the airports. Pre- it's a big waste of time. The question was, would it make you feel better if you were already going to go? Or would no, it make you? None. None. Because I, I, like I just said, I, I, I would hope that most people, if they really are sick or if they had you know, a, a, an illness, they're not going to go to Disney World. And secondly, if, there are, you know, if they're thinking, okay, I still want to go to Disney World, they're just going to pop a tunnel beforehand. You're going to catch almost nobody doing that. I want to know those airport checks. How many of those airport checks you know, caught people and they're barring, oh, this person's got a temperature. Okay, well, we better, you know, not allow them on the plane. How many people? I really want to know because you're sitting there at those airport checks and you're making everybody wait longer because, you know, you're analyzing all this stuff. So people are breathing each other's air longer, queuing up, you know, because of these increased checks to make sure nobody's sick on the plane. You're probably making people sicker in the airports. I think it was just ridiculous, the temperature checks. I don't think it accomplishes anything. That's my opinion. All right, Joel, us, you have thoughts on that? You have a like, doctor. You have tell a doctor. Tell us how you really life. feel. Um, you guys, all right. I, I'll just say that <laughs> Joel. I, Joel's, I think Joel's with do you, you. Think the temperature checks help? Okay, just uh, let, let me say this. Okay, I, I'm buying my Michigan football tickets for for next year. Sure. Okay. Um, Does it make you feel better if everybody gets their temperature checked as they come in and you're going to wait in that line longer? I don't know if I'm going to go to any games. You're, you're an exception. I'm going to tell you, you've been saying that, Joel. 
Um, you know, maybe people are going to be spooked to go to a game or not. But I think once we get the all clear, I, I, I'm very spooked by this, but I would love to still go to hockey games. You know, I love watching, you know, baseball game, hockey game live. I love it. And I would still go. Um, you know, maybe you're, you know, it, it's, you know, you're, you're looking at it and maybe there's going to be the odd fan that's going to say, but once we get like the virus is gone and we were confident that, you know, we're on top of it. I, I would hope a lot of people, yes, there's going to be some people who are still spooked and they may be a little bit hesitant to go back, but I, you know, and, and maybe you've got a point, like maybe there is going to be some people that aren't going to go to a sporting event anymore, but you know, I think people are still going to watch sports. You know, I don't think it's going to be like a, you know, I, th I would love to watch sports right now. I hope, you know, the baseball season gets started. I hope still that we have potentially an NHL playoff somehow, even if the fans aren't there. Um, is there, is it a question that the temperature check though, Joel, that's what's. That's yeah. Asking. I, I, Does I that agree make you, you feel more confident. No, no, yeah. no, 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 nope. it doesn't. It doesn't because you know, it's easy to mask that. And, oh, so easy. Yeah. So, I mean, and, no. and and I would hope that most people are good people. And if you really are sick, you're not intentionally going to a game and trying to spread it or, you know, or, or, you know, just so I want to have fun. And if I spread it, so be it. I would hope most people don't do that. I would think 90% of people at least, you know, if they're not feeling well, they're not going to go to the game because it's just, you know, out of respect for all those people around. you. So again, you know, by checking everybody's temperature at the door, what are you going to stop? There's going to be 20,000 fans that come into the, you know, a sporting event, you know, and if you're looking at, you know, like a football Yeah, it'll take forever game, to get 60, in. 60,000. Take 100,000, 150,000. And then you're going to stand and you're going to have everybody queued up longer so they're close to each other, breathing each other's air. It's going to make more people more sick. So I am dead, dead set against, uh, you know, ch these temperature checks that they're doing, you know. I don't know what, I don't I don't know what else you do. I don't know yeah. what else you do besides just hope. There's nothing you Cross can do. your fingers. Cross your fingers. That's all you can do is like yeah. just tell people stay home. You know, it's a little yeah. bit of the trust system. Yeah. Let's, all, let's get back to stocks. S&P's creeping up towards the high of the pre-market session here. Uh, 26, 80, 50. We're only five points off that heading into the open. Looks like we're going to have a, a pretty green open here. Very strong. Yep. Yep, resilient market here. Uh, we talked about Zoom, and uh, I'm looking at that. I was look, you know, we talked about maybe getting a shot at a uh, hundred bucks, but I don't know if you're going to get that. You got a pair of lows under 110, 0853 and 0957. You're five bucks off that, so still kind of in the lower quadrant there. So if you're looking at that for a swing trade or a bounce. You got to make sure that 108.53 holds. If not, I think you will get a look at 100. Not really rallying out with the market. You just tell people are, are squirming in this a little bit. You had the big decline off the highs. Um, you've had, um, let's see here. Holy moly. One, two, three, four, five, six lower highs. Um, so you need to break that string at least until you get a rally here um, in shares of Zoom. Inside day yesterday, um, that low is very important that Joel's talking about that 108 because he kind of tested a little bit yesterday, 109.57, passed the test to a certain extent yesterday. If it takes out the 108, I think you see 100 bucks. That's a line in the sand. So if you're coming in here and saying, okay, I think the 108 holds, you're buying at 114, you're risking yourself six bucks, I would stop out below 108. Again, these move opposite to the market to a certain extent. So don't expect, you know, just because you have an update that Zoom necessarily is going to be higher. I know it's trading higher in the pre-market, but they have been moving with a negative correlation in the market for a while. That and Teladoc, those are the two stocks that continue to pair trade together. TDOC, Zebra, Michael. 
And just real quick, the reason you say you would put your stop out below 108 and not at 108 or even above 108. Well, you give yourself you... a little room. Right. Yeah, like that's the thing about stop placement, and we don't talk about that a lot. But if you put them in predictable spots, you get stopped out more often than not. So it's tricky. I mean, you know, and Jeremy Newsom was fantastic at this, you know, talking about this. Like he'll look for those situations where, okay, they're going to take it through this. They're going to stop these people out. And now I'm going to buy it. So you get like, the, you know, the takeout of the lows, and then you get back above it. And he puts on those for trades too. So, I mean, you know, you've got to really, you know, the stop placement's got to be, you got to be a little bit looser with it. Um, you know, I never like to have the physical stops out there. So the day traders that trade all day, I like to have mental stops because, but, you know, in this market, there's, you know, a lot of trends going. So, I mean, it's all about, you know, finding the trend of the day really to be, a, you know, yesterday was tricky because you're way up and then you ended up turning down. But in a lot of days we've been fairly trendy. So if you can get on the right side of the trend, um, you know, and you're buying pullbacks and you just, you know, it, it, it's been working. Trend trading has been working on a day trading basis besides yesterday. Uh, all right, I want to talk FedEx and UPS here. Both are trading up this morning on a headline from Amazon that Amazon yep. is suspending its third-party delivery service that is only for non-Amazon packages meant specifically to target the FedEx and UPS's business. They're suspending the, they will be suspending the service in June. And is this a temporary thing like or is this like a permanent thing? Because this has obviously been a fear for UPS and FedEx for a long time. Full disclosure, I do own FedEx in my long-term portfolio. Do we know if this is like just like a COVID thing? Like they're suspending it going? Or is this going to be like I, a permanent I think thing? It, that... I think this is a temporary thing. Okay. So in any regard here, it is good news for FedEx and UPS. Both of these stocks are trading higher here this morning. Uh, UPS trading up 4.4%. FedEx also trading up 4.8% here this morning. So big moves here for both of these stocks. Um, you can see some follow through here. I mean, it, it, it's tricky. I hate buying stocks up 5%. I've always lost a lot of money when I'm chasing. So, but if you're in them, maybe you see how they open. The open will be key. If they open these things and they start to leak right away, then you get concerned. Like 3M yesterday, I was talking, you know, and I was saying, you know, I'd be a fader of 3M. It actually had a little bit of follow through in the morning. And then it eventually, you know, after 11 o'clock started to roll over and then give a lot of it back. Um, so, you know, it's tricky sometimes to just come in here and fade these moves because sometimes they can sustain. And this has been a worry about UPS and FedEx for a long time. So I think I would lay off. I, I, I don't think it's an easy call to just short this things going higher. So I'm kind of like, if I was in them, I'd probably try to ride it a little bit. Uh, but I don't want to. I don't want to say you know these things are going to give it back. Um, well, long term, I mean, this FedEx has been bad long, long, long before the uh, the COVID nineteen. Oh, crisis. for sure. Yeah. So, uh, from a long term perspective, I have no interest in it. Uh, shorter term perspective here, you did get a little pop. Uh, you found someone willing to sell stock at the 123.78 area. That's two bucks away. So you better get up there. You better take that out. You better keep on going uh, or else this thing could easily roll over. My next target after that would be 125.48. But, uh, you know, first things first, let's take out the pre-market high. Uh, UPS, I mean, it's hung in there a little bit better on a relative basis than UPS. Um you just, you know, you had the, I'd actually bought, bought bottom in March, I, I think a little bit ahead of the market. That's trading up 409. That's kind of at the highs of the session at 97.20. Currently trading 97 even. Well, what do you have on the dailies? 
Uh, let's get through 97.45. Uh, that was actually the high from yesterday. So they're trading up, but uh, haven't even reached yesterday's high yet. Make sure it's they, a nice move, though. Yeah, it is a nice move. I If I had them and I had saw this news on a short-term trade, I'd be very hard not to ring the register. All right. Uh, any questions in the chat, drop those tickers in. We will take a look. Um, I'm going through my list here, trying to make sure, sure I covered everything from my list this morning. Um, only one I didn't get to uh, from my list was in Sego. This is one that, uh, full disclosure, I've been along for uh, a little under a year at this Yahoo. point. They gave some guidance this morning that was good. They're a 5G play. Yeah. And uh, they said that they expect their Q1 sales to be above the range. Uh, they're previously given the range on the and the estimates. So, uh, good guidance here this morning from Insego. That's the reason for the pop up to $8. They kind of said this on CNBC a little while ago. The CEO was on CNBC, and they said the numbers were going to be good. Yeah. So we yep. kind of knew that already, but this market likes to rally it twice on it. So it rallied when the CEO said it on CNBC, Guess so. and it's rallying here again. Um, you know, it's been a nice move. It's been a nice move for Insego, a nice comeback. We were at 4 bucks three weeks ago. It's basically up 100% three and a half weeks. If you're buying it now, I think you're doing it backwards. So, you know, I do... You know, I, I like the story here, the five, the 5G story. Matt Cole's been all over this. You know, he's done very, very well with it. He's the, from Benzinga, and, you know, he's been, you know, talking about the fundamentals of this company being very good. Um, a lot of us traded it. I was in it for a while as well. Um, I'm all out of it now. Um, it's had a nice bounce back, though. I, I, I have trouble buying it here at 8 when it was $4 three weeks ago. 812 is your pre-market high. You just made that on the initial news. Uh, let's... I mean, the real interesting area for me is just under nine bucks. Uh, you had a pair of highs at eight eighty two and eight eighty nine, so that's a long ways to go. I don't see this up another stick at that area, but uh, if it is, I think that'd be a good opportunity. Maybe someone targeting the whole nine dollar area, uh, but trading at the highs of the pre market session. So I think that you could continue higher. Just don't know if you got enough gas to get it up to that 880. Uh, Spoo's made a run at the high of the pre-market session, 2680.50. We were just turned back here at uh, 2677.75. That was on the last 15-minute bracket. So, I don't know. I think, you know what, we got two days until Good Friday. The markets are closed. It kind of feels like we're calming down a little bit and maybe, you know, a little bit more range trading than – you know, uh, these huge moves, but in this market, anything can happen. Uh, but uh, just keep an eye for follow through on that pre-market high at 26.85. I think you're right with the calming down and, you know, coming into Easter and we're closed. We're closed Friday, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So you only got a couple of days here left. I mean, you know, there's a good point you're making here um, that maybe we're going to be a little bit calmer here for a couple of days. And uh, I think we could be range bound. I do think you'll get support down there 260. That's where we kind of broke out from a couple of days ago. So, you know, old resistance becomes new support. So I think, you know, if you fall 40 or 50 handles from here, I think you find significant buyers down that 261 to 262 area. You also probably find sellers near yesterday. You start getting the 270s. People are like, oh, you know, I've, you know, I didn't lighten up yesterday. I want to lighten up today. So I think the range is 260 to 270 on SPY. Um, that's where I think you know, traders are going to be selling up near 270, buying down near 260. Maybe you play that for a couple of days, and maybe you're right. Maybe we do calm down for a couple of days here, Joel. Uh, a couple of days last week, we had a 100-point range, and we had a 130-point range. 
yesterday's Joel's range. talking the overnight range, like the whole yeah. true range, not just like, talking yeah, the intraday like, range. So some people exactly. look at you and, they, and you're scratching your head and what do you mean? But when you look at that overnight range, a lot of things happen at midnight. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things. And, and then so yesterday we came down to um, uh, like 125. So tighter ranges, that's good for the market. I just, you know, the average nine day average true range got up over 200 for a while. And uh, you need that, that, that to calm down. So I think that's a, that also bodes well for the market, but of course um, anything else, you know, things can always change. Uh, I am wall street is asking about E H T H and I have no idea what that What's, is. What is the symbol again? E H T H. E health. Oh, e health. Yeah. 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 We, 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 that, that's another code. It's been a COVID play for a while. It's getting hammered. Wow. Yeah, What's happening? Muddy there? waters. Ah, muddy waters throwing a little mud on it. Yep. 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 It's, ah, this is a tough one. I mean, it's been a COVID play. It's had yeah, nice it's been holding up. up well. I don't know. This uh, this one's pretty wild here. You had a the news must have been out yesterday or something. When was this out? Well, it's out uh, another twenty bucks right now. It looks like it just yeah. came out to me. Uh, let's see. I don't know. I've this seen looks some... like this is trading rapidly right now. This looks like it's got news all over right now. So maybe uh, the... I'm looking at the wrong session here. Uh, I want to look. see if Muddy Waters is. I think I, I think they were just on CNBC. Is that why they talked on CNBC on it? Yeah. Not said anything good. Eight forty. Now Carson Block will be on CNBC at eight forty-five this morning. Yeah, to announce. Okay, so he just was on to announce a new short cutting through highly complex accounting to reveal major league stock promotion. Um, they're talking about it right now. eHealth. So it's right on CNBC right now. He's just announced that this is his new short. I mean, Isn got hammered yesterday, so. I don't know who that gets the memo of him what <laughs> yesterday no anyways problem. uh we didn't get the memo yesterday so it's down another 17 bucks here this morning but hammered yesterday now they come on and they're shorting it again i've always been you know muddy waters and citron and stuff the way that they do things to put on the big shorts and then they come out and promote the short i've always thought that was sketchy but i mean it's you know just talking it your is book what it is people, people are allowed to talk their books so um, there's not much you can do about Real, it, I guess. Well, for you that want to venture into this stock, um, $95. We just hit that, and uh, we got a slight bounce going on. And then if you go back to March when the market was bottoming, you had a low at 94.81 and 95.47. So call that an important area. If, in fact, you lose that level, maybe you get a look at uh, 89.92. Uh, that was your low on March 18th, but uh, they're pounding. I mean, these things are tough. You know, the company comes out, defends it with a statement. It goes back up, but uh, keeping an eye on 95. Uh, I asked for some tickers and didn't actually discuss any. Let's look at Cisco here. Cisco kid. Cisco um, meaning the Cisco CSCO, not SYY. Not, not the food stock. Okay. Uh, trading up 23 cents here. Just a slow climb up. Uh, where are we at? We're trading 40.87. Well, yesterday's high was way up at 42.74. I don't have a good read on this one, Dennis. You got a good read on this one? I own it in my long-term portfolio. Um, it was an ugly candle yesterday. A lot of stocks had reversals yesterday where they opened high and then they closed very weak. You know, that's never a good sign. The whole market did that. So this obviously just looks like the whole market. I think you find sellers now, if you get back up to 42, 
you know, you get back, you were 41 this morning. I mean, you get back up near the upper 41s. I think there's going to be sellers in this thing now. They obviously hold up better. It's a lower beta stock. It's not a stock that gets absolutely hammered like some of the higher beta stuff. Um, it's got a dividend, some dividend protection too at 3.52%. I own the long-term portfolio. It's been a terrible one. I think I'm in from 49 or 50 bucks or something. I had bought it middle of last year and uh, it's been a terrible investment so far. All right, real so. quick, let's just bang a few out here. Disney, uh, that's been holding in there. Uh, train Downgraded down. today. Yeah, it did. Oh, look at that. Got back to 110. Huh. Uh, not quite 110. 107.73. So six bucks off that high. In 105.89 yesterday. So there's your. You want to get back over those highs for the, this move uh, to continue. Uh, yesterday's low, a little bit of a trap door under yesterday's low, 10025, and then you fall off to 9442. Uh, 90, yeah, 94.52 would be your next daily low. But I think if you breach 100, I don't think you're going to quite, just kind of the way the market's feeling today, I don't think you're going to get a look at that. Uh, you want to get, if you want to, Playing from the long side, you want to see it get green. Maybe you can lean on yesterday's low, but uh, here's a stock just caught in the crosshairs of uh, this whole COVID crisis. Love the company, love the brand. It is caught in the crosshairs, like Joel is saying here. I just don't, you know, see everybody running back to Disney World, even if they are getting their temperatures checked. So attendance could be weak for a while. I almost think of it like the Chipotle thing. Disney World is a place where everybody comes from all over the world. If we're all allowed to go out, not everybody's going to run back to Disney World right away. So you think like park attendance could be weak for the foreseeable future. Like I'm thinking like, you know, a year after this, it could still not be back to where it's normal. So that makes me somewhat concerned and parks, you know, Spencer's looked this up before, about 25% of revenues. Obviously they have a lot of other businesses, you know, but with that being said, it's hard to just jump back into something where people are all congregating, even like Joel's analysis with, you know, are we going to sporting events and you think about MSG and you think about, you know, is this a stock that I just want to go buy and everybody running back to go to their, to could go to their sporting and their concerts again. Um, this could be some hesitation there. So um, I think there's better places for your money. Like I've said, the stocks that I've been buying on the pullbacks, or the stocks that, you know, aren't in ground zero for this thing, you know, like the tech stocks, which everybody's still, you know, like is playing video games. You know, I've talked about, I bought Activision Blizzard again, you know, obviously had an ugly day yesterday. It's almost been moving counter to the market. It's interesting. Some of these stocks, you know, start moving counter to the market, um, the gaming stocks, but, you know, I bought Microsoft, um, you know, I've, I've nibbled into a few different stocks here, but I'm nibbling into like not into like the, the cruise lines and the casinos. And I hate to throw Disney in with that because it's got so many other good businesses. It's such a good brand. It is going to survive. It's just a matter of how long is the revenues going to be depressed for. And that could take its time. So I don't think you need to hurry to get into Disney. All right. Uh That'll be a wrap. Um, put a bow on today's show. I want to thank our guest, Paul LaMonica. Thanks to all of you who join us in our chats on YouTube and premarket.benzinga.com. Catch the podcast of this show or the replay on YouTube. Joel and I will be live with you at 3.40 until the close. In the meantime, please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. And uh, I guess that's it. So for everyone celebrating, uh, happy uh, Passover. And Joel and I will be back with you at 3.40. And Joel, Dennis, and I will be back with you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Have a good one.
Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.